Hey friends, it's Mark James. It's the 17th of November, Wednesday as always. Here we are again, another week. You know what? It's felt like a really long time since last week. I don't know why, but this week's just felt long. I feel like I was missing you guys. <laughs> Even though I sit in here and I talk to myself. The sort of download and then upload of information from me to you feels like a conversation. And then, you know, when you feed back to me as well by messages, I just feel like I missed you guys. I feel like I've been wondering what you've been doing a lot this week. But, you know, I never know, do I? I never know what you've been doing. Why don't you tell me what you've been doing? <laughs> anyway, it's the 17th of November. I'm in Joshua's room. I'm drinking a cup of tea. It's actually very dark in here. I'm going to open the blind. Hang on a sec. Because I normally open Joshua's blind before I start recording. But today I haven't. I'm shouting a bit so you can hear me, even though I know you can hear me. But I'm opening the blind up. I need it to be light in here. Otherwise I get the wrong vibe. I already started a bit overly sentimental because it was dark. Right. Anyway. I'm back. Much better. I haven't tidied Joshua's room this week. I know normally I said I always do that. Before I record, I always tidy his room so that I can relax in here and, you know, have the tidiness. But Joshua's room is in a period of transition. In fact, quite a lot of the houses because we bought new beds. I think I mentioned I was doing that. But Joshua's bed came. Our new bed doesn't come till the weekend. But Joshua's new bed is here now, and it's great. It's a little bit taller, a little bit higher up in the air, but uh, it's very comfortable, apparently, and he loves it. So that's good. And, uh, yeah, it is. It's like a proper a proper boy's bed. You know, his other bed still felt a bit like a kid's bed, but this feels this is an adult single bed. So it feels like, you know, actually, we've ordered a wardrobe as well. Jesus Christ almighty. Wardrobe for Joshua's room. 300 quid. 300 pounds for a wardrobe from Ikea as well. I'll tell you about that in a sec. But um, I said to Sarah, God, it's a lot of money in it for beds and wardrobes. And she said, yeah, but, you know, this will probably do him until he moves out. <laughs> oh, that made me really sad because, of course, she's right. He won't need another massive wardrobe or a new bed before he moves out. And he'll live here, you know, at least another. I mean, I left home when I was 18. And then I moved back in sporadic bits. But he'll live here at least another eight years. But maybe 10, maybe more, but at least eight. So there's still plenty of time. But yeah, God, it made me feel sad that the thought of him not living here. Even though he does my head in quite a lot of the time. <laughs> I like knowing he's there. I just love him. He's the best. They both are. Both of them are the best. But yeah, the thought of him not being there made me feel sad. But Sarah had a weekend off, except she didn't have a weekend off. As you all know, she's a workaholic. She's a get on with itaholic. And um, she really blitzed downstairs, like the kitchen and stuff and the bedroom and Joshua's room. She spent a few hours just organising Lego. I mean, she's done everything. She really, really... I tidy the kitchen, right? And I clean. And I know I constantly mention to you, oh, I've been cleaning and tidying. But I can only do so much because I don't know what stuff needs to stay and go. One of the problems with our cupboards has been that they're full 
every jar, every time we've ever bought anything that's in a jar, whether it's sweet and sour sauce or Nutella or, you know, gherkins, I don't know, anything that's in a glass jar, that jar has been kept, washed out and put in a cupboard just in case, just in case we need a jar. I hate that, obviously, because it means you've got loads of odd-sized random jars. I'd rather buy 10 identical matching jars from a shop and go, well, there are jars we use for putting porridge in or whatever, if you're taking it to work or, you know, overnight oats or whatever it is. But Sarah, we might need that jar, so just keep it. (laughs) And so their cupboards are full of them. And then loads of other stuff, you know, pots and pans and trays and implements and... Just stuff that I don't know what it does or what it's for or if we need it. So what it needed was for Sarah to go through it and really sort it out. And to be fair now, the cupboards are all half as full as they were before because she's pared down to the things that she needs. But while she did that, she did give an absolute blitz clean. So the kitchen is properly like clean, clean. We call it mummy clean. It's mummy clean. So that's that. But she also did the bedroom. And we took like six or seven or eight bags of stuff to the charity shop of different things, toys and clothes and loads of different things. And basically the whole house is in a period of transition. And so Joshua's got a new bed. He's about to have a new wardrobe, which will really help. Uh, Sarah and I have got a new bed coming at the weekend and it's all getting there. What I'd really love is if we can smash loads of stuff and jobs and just get things done. It's really hard because Sarah's at work pretty constantly and it, you know, she needs to relax in between, but she doesn't. She does emails and other work stuff. So, but it's hard, isn't it, to find all the time. I'd love it if we could get the whole house sorted and things feel like we're happy and content and clean and, you know, tidied down and stuff thrown away and whatever before December when we put the Christmas decorations up. If everything could be done and then the Christmas decorations go up, that would be amazing. But we'll have to see what happens, what the reality of it is. Mm. Because I've got plenty of time, but the problem is I'm a fuckwit. (laughs) So there's a lot of stuff I can't do, you know, Sarah doesn't trust me to do a lot of jobs because I'm not very good. Painting, it's not my natural thing. Building stuff, DIY, furniture, they're all Sarah's areas of expertise. I'm just not good at stuff. Jokes and tricks, that's what I can do. Jokes and tricks, they're my specialities. If you don't need any jokes telling or any tricks doing, you're out of luck with me, really. <laughs> But anyway, again, I have to praise Sarah and how utterly brilliant, beautiful and hardworking she is. She's the best. There you go. Right, that aside, let's get into uh, the week and goals and weight loss update and stuff. I haven't, uh, I didn't get weighed again, shite. Now, it's all right that I didn't get weighed, actually, because I do have updates to tell you. Um, One of the things, oh, my phone's going crazy. Um, hang on, miss call. Oof, three minutes ago. You can knob off. Uh, I bought an Apple Watch. That's what I was looking at then. I've bought an Apple Watch because I wanted to keep track of my fitness goals and give myself something to go up against other than just the weight. Remember ages ago I was saying that, you know, weight loss is really not something you can do 
It's a byproduct of multiple things you can do. And if you track yourself doing those things, then weight loss will happen as a byproduct because weight loss is not a proactive thing. Whereas walking and drinking water and getting enough sleep and all those things, they are proactive. So that was me drinking there. So I bought an Apple Watch, an Apple Watch SE. It's um, one of the cheaper Apple Watches. It's 40 millimeters. It's 250 pounds, but it tracks everything still. It only doesn't have cellular. So it's like the earlier Apple Watch. It's got all the features of the new Apple Watches, except it only works like it only syncs up when you are near your phone, which is fine by me because I've always got my phone, you know, and I think most people do. Strange, really. But um, I've got that. I've got that Apple Watch, and it's been good so far. I've done over twenty thousand steps a day this week. I've done it this morning as well. Twenty thousand steps every day. I've been closing my rings. Your rings are your calorie burn, your stand goal, and your exercise goal. And I've got the watch set to do a thousand active calories burn. 12 hours stand, which is that you've got to stand for a minute within 12 separate hours. And then exercise goal is 30 minutes. But I'm going up against my friend Elliot. He's got an Apple Watch as well and we've been competing. And so you have to, you get points based on how much you smash your goal and then smash beyond your goal as well. So we set exactly the same goals together and um, we're both doing well. We've both been taking maximum points and so... We'll see how it goes, but it's nice to compete against a friend who you, because obviously I want him to do well as well, and I want to do well. It's not really a competition. It's more, uh, um, it's more a supportive, you know, way to push each other along. Because when he achieves a goal, I get a notification on my watch to say that he achieved that goal as well, which is pretty good. So I bought the Apple Watch anyway. I'm enjoying using it. I wanted to buy Sarah one too, but she said she'll never wear it because she has to wear a posh watch at work. Uh, but never mind. So I'm wearing it and I'm, it, I am finding that it's making me do more than I would. The last couple of days, I'd have probably come home a little bit earlier than I have done. But there's nowhere to hide with the watch. You either get the figures or you don't. And so that's pushed me along to getting on with it. So I haven't been weighed, but... Uh, I know it's still not good, but I have been doing the positive exercise things. And yesterday I didn't eat too badly. Yesterday I had a jack of potato with some chicken and I had scrambled egg during the day. So that's not the worst in the world, is it? Um, the one problem is Ferrero Rocher. Ferrero Rocher brought out these bars now, Ferrero Rocher bars. They've got a dark one, a white one and a milk one. Now, chocolate, of course. Now, the white one, because I don't like dark chocolate really, and neither does Sarah, and the local shop had the white one in, so we've been having them, and they're delicious. But then today I went in there to get Pepsi Max, and they've got a milk chocolate one. So I bought one of them, and I've eaten it already. I actually bought more than one, but I got one for Sarah as well. Milk chocolate is not her favourite. She likes white chocolate, but she does like Ferrero Rocher, and she likes these bars. So I got one for her as well, which is downstairs in the kitchen. Now that I've fessed up about this on the podcast, I can't eat that, <laughs> which is a shame. But never mind. So she'll have one of them as well. Um, but I'm loving them. I am trying to be better with food in general. But this week, my main plan is to just make exercise a habit to do the walk every day to achieve at least 20,000 steps every day for week one 
is my first goal. Then I'm thinking I'm going to join the gym, but pay for it on the month by month basis, which is a little bit more expensive, but I don't want to commit to 12 months because once I start touring again, that'll just go out the window. So I think if I get a couple of months of going swimming, that'll be good. Obviously, swimming helped me before, so if I can go back again and swim during the day while Sarah's at work and Josh was at school, I think that'll be a good habit for me as well, especially because it's the winter and obviously it rains a lot and I hate walking in the rain, really, really hate it. Then uh, going swimming will be a good substitute. So on the days when I wake up and it's pissing down, not at the minute the habit is get up, walk Joshua to school, walk to town, end up home three, three and a half hours later, uh, four, yes, uh, today, sorry, get in, chill, that's the day done, do work, work on the new show, which I'll come back to, but on the days when I wake up and it's raining, I'm not going to want to do that, I just know myself well enough to know that I won't walk, can't be bothered with it, walking in the rain, it's just shit, so instead, I'll drive, and then I'll drive to the gym, and I'll swim instead for an hour, so that's kind of my plan, um, We'll see how it goes. It just needs to become a habit. I just need to have, you know, a 1,500 to 2,000 calorie burn, active calorie burn a day. And then alternative day fast is the next goal as well. And then the calories will fall off. The weight will fall off. Now, as far as updates on work goes, I booked a few shows for next month. Chiswick Playhouse Theatre have booked me for a couple of things. Um, I think I'm doing a couple of head office parties for another company and little bits of work are starting to trickle in little things. I've got a magic club dinner in January and it's all right. Enough stuff to just, you know, try not to spend the money that I've saved is coming in. And that's a good thing. And as far as my new show goes, I've been using the Polaroid camera in a couple of shows to try it out, taking pictures with the audience members at the end with a kid who I get on stage, taking a Polaroid picture and giving that picture to them to keep. It's a nice little souvenir. And I've been working on visuals for the screens behind me. Most of the venues that I do are, are going to have screens behind me. The whole back of me, back of the stage behind me is a full-size LED screen. The ones that don't, they're having a different show, but those two shows are two sides of the same coin. This is taking a lot of work and thinking about, but essentially the two shows are called The Stand-Up Magic Show or Instant Magic. And Instant Magic is the Polaroid-themed uh, theatrical version of the show. And then The Stand-Up Magic Show is the low-tech, just me, the music cues and the audience, and off we go. And the core tricks in both shows are effectively the same. There's a couple of changes to the running order, but the core tricks are effectively the same. And just the difference is that Instant Magic requires the screen, whereas the Stand Up Magic show doesn't. And so that show is very quickly in and out of the venue. The other one is longer set up, but bigger show. So my ideal is to do Instant Magic, but... On the nights when there's no screen or I, I find out that I'm going on late for some reason and I just want to be able to get in the car and drive home and not add, you know, hours and hours to my journey, then the stand-up magic show will go in. But I've been doing the stand-up magic show the last couple of weeks, in effect, to try it out and it's been going great. So I don't feel like I'm certainly not giving the audience any less. 
the stand-up magic show is giving them essentially what I've been giving them. Instant magic is a much higher production value experience. And where I think that my show and magic shows in general are heading now in that you have to just offer that bit more, really push for attention. So for the audience's attention, you know, people are used to looking at screens and taking in multiple pieces of information at once via digital, you know, content platforms. So I'm trying to integrate that into the show so that you don't feel like you're getting left behind. I still want the show to be classic and traditional and vaudevillian, but... I don't see why you can't mix that with modern um, things that are available to you in the modern world. So that's where I'm at. They're the two shows that I'm touring mainly next year. And the other show, The Vanishing Elephant, that's still in the works. And then the fourth show, The Mind Reading One, that's a little bit on the shelf and a little bit in the works as well. So that's where I'm at on work stuff. Right, let's get into the notes about what happened this week, what I've done. What I diddled, what I diddly did. Um, here we go. Okay, so Polaroid camera, I've told you about that. The Broughton Banger. There's a sandwich shop in Preston called, well, it's a coffee place, really. It's called Brew and Bake. And they make a sandwich called the Broughton Banger, which is genuinely one of the best things I've ever eaten. I'll give you the description. I'm opening up Uber Eats. Um... I suppose I better message Tom back to see what the hell he wanted because he tried to ring me. Um, you okay? Question mark. Doing pod. Send. Okay. So Uber Eats. Uh, my orders. Brew and bake. Broughton Banger. View the shop. Okay. So the Broughton Banger is Cumberland Sausage Patty. So... It's sausage, but it's formulated to be more like a burger. It's circular, so it fits perfectly in the bun. Mushrooms, fried egg, cheddar cheese, and bacon jam. So it's not bacon, which I don't really like bacon all that much. It's bacon jam on a brioche bun. I've got to tell you, it's honestly one of the best things I've ever eaten. Really, really spectacularly good. I can't. I couldn't like it anymore. It's amazing. Um, yeah, the Broughton Banger. I love it. Um, I really want another one, but I'm trying to be healthy. But I ordered it last week, and I've thought about it basically ever since. I've just had an email while I was looking at my phone then for a second, saying, um, can you send us your book so we can do your accounts from a company that haven't been my accountant for at least two years. I don't know why they don't leave me alone. I told them, you're not my accountant anymore. <laughs> Maybe they just do that to try and grab your business. It's insane. Anyway, so that was the Broughton Banger Sandwich. Sorry, I'm going to stay on track. I've played Call of Duty every day and I'm enjoying it at the minute playing that game. I haven't been getting what they call gamer's thumb, where you hurt your thumb from playing too much. Just been playing, having some good results, playing with pals. Here we are now, I must be at 18 months of playing that game. Do you remember when I first started it and I wasn't very good? Well, now I'm still not very good, but I've been playing for quite a long time. But I do enjoy it. It's become such a big part of my day in that I chat to those friends that I play that game with quite a lot. And... We have a text group, like a uh, instant messenger group, that I chat in there a lot. Whenever I think of anything to say to anyone, one of the first places that I'll post it is in that chat. It's just become like my smallest 
tightest group of daily friends. And so we talk every day, we play every day. It's got a bit mixed up. We're, we're not all playing together as frequently as we did before because some people have got gigs and, you know, different stuff going on. And so we're not all seeing each other as much. As more, there's a couple of people who are very busy gigging and so they've not been in the game as much. But it's still fun and we're still chatting a lot. And it's, I feel like that, that and this podcast have been the two biggest outlets of being able to just chat and have people to talk to and think about stuff over the whole experience of this lockdown. It's very easy to think, because we're in the UK, that, oh, lockdown's over, life's back to normal. But that's really not the case in most places. And I really don't think it's actually the case here. But the government have kind of bowed to the social pressure of the fact that they think people won't stand for more lockdowns and they'll just kick off. So even though people continue to get ill and die and, you know, other horrible circumstances, consequences, I think everything here is just continuing as normal because the government are weak and they haven't got a plan and they don't want to just lock people down. And so we're all, I think we're all just like covering our eyes and thinking, oh, if we don't see it, it's all okay. I don't know. But whatever's going on and however things have changed, I've been glad that I've had that friendship group, that computer game and this podcast. And I'm going to play that game today again. It's fun. It's one of my favourite things still. And I don't play other games, just that one. What can I do? Anyway, I gigged at the weekend. No, not the weekend. Was it midweek? When did I gig? Must have been midweek. Was it Friday night? I think it was Friday Fuck me, I don't know. I think it was Friday. I gigged at Golden Sands Holiday Park anyway. It was... Oh no, it was Thursday. It was Thursday night. I remember it was Thursday because they closed on Friday. That was the last day of their season. Thursday, I gigged at Golden Sands in uh, Skegness area. And it was quite funny. The, the gig itself was all right. You know, it was a good gig. Audience were great. Everything went as you'd expected to. And then I came off stage and all the team were like crying and stuff because the only thing on after me was disco. And so the team were finished. That was the last thing of their season. My show and then bringing me off stage and then closing down, you know, the entertainment. That was their that was their literal last thing. And I took a picture of them on my phone for them and sent it to all of them in Messenger um, as like an end of season photograph. And one of them was in floods of tears, bless her. And it reminded me of times when I'm a bit hardened to it now. I'm a bit like, oh, you know what, on to the next thing. Because you you do get used to it. But when you're 18, 19 and it's your first few seasons or your first contracts, whenever you're in a contract, the people who you're in that contract with, they become your sort of, you know, temporary contract family and you've still got your real family and you've still got your real life. But the experience of being in a show with people is so uniquely insular that it's really difficult to describe what it's like and how it feels. Because in a really short amount of time, you develop incredibly intensive relationships with all sorts of different people. You know, you have a temporary new best friend. You have temporary lunch pals. You have temporary people who 
service different parts of your life. You know, your confidant, your person who makes you laugh, the people who you go and make laugh to cheer yourself up, the people who have always got a different funny story, the people who get things done, the people who can recommend something. There's like every person that you've got in your normal life, you sort of find a version of that within the contract in some ways. And when they get pulled away from you because the contract ends, you feel like you're losing a whole version of life. And then a couple of days after, your normal life floods back in and you go, oh yeah, that was that was nice that you did that gig and all those people were cool, but they're not. Then those relationships are, they're shallow comparative to the ones that you've got that have developed over a longer amount of time. But they're still great and intense and nobody really knows what it was like to be in it except you. And so... Having a full season of living with and working with and hanging out with the same people, it's brutal at the end. And when I was a lot younger, I remember the end of my first season for Haven, I absolutely cried my eyes out at the end of the season. Like, I couldn't handle it. I felt like I'd been broken up with almost. You know, the end of that first season, I just found it so hard. But at the same time, I was going out with a girl from the team and so for all the season was over, I carried forward a little bit of that season in a relationship that I was in. And so it was my distress at the season ending was mitigated by the fact that I still had some of it with me. And then I did another season and the same thing happened again. But I was still devastated and cried. And then I remember doing my first pantomime. The cast in that were brilliant. We all got on like a house on fire. I remember finishing and calling Sarah at the end and her saying like, you okay? And me going, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. Um, She's going, are you sad? And I went, ah, a little bit, but I think I'll be okay. I put the phone down. I told her this after. And I just it, it just hit me that it was over and I cried my eyes out. And I had that a couple more times. And then more recently like the end of my last panto and the one before, the end of Chroma, the end of the last Chroma that I did. I don't even really say goodbye to people properly anymore because I think part of that is kind of protecting yourself from long goodbyes and tears and other people crying and that making it really hard for you. But now I just kind of go, right, bye everyone. And then I'll get change and I'll just leave because it. I just think of it now I treat the last day as I did the day before. I leave as if I'm coming back tomorrow. And then you just don't come back tomorrow. Because you get used to it at the end of the week or on the before the day off, going and getting in your car and driving home. And then the day after your day off, you drive back. And I just act as if it's that. And it's over. It's still hard. And you do still miss people. But also, you're, still, you're so connected to everyone now forever by the fact that you've got Facebook and Instagram and everyone has phones and stuff. My first year away from home, Facebook and Instagram and all that sort of stuff didn't exist. So the end really did feel like the end. And that was really hard. But now, I just kind of... Bye, everyone. <laughs> See you Monday. Except you don't and you just leave. And so that's, you know... I, what I'm saying is I understand how these people... I, I was going to say kids then. And I suppose that shows my age, but they kind of are 
to me, a lot of them. A lot of them are, you know, 18, 19, 20. And so these younger people who are getting into entertainment, they will get used to this. But I felt really bad for them, all crying and, you know, they'll miss each other. And I sort of wanted to say, you know what, this is sad, but it might make you feel better to know you won't necessarily even remember everyone on this team's name 10 years from now. <laughs> because that's true as well. You know, I struggle a little bit when I think about the first team I ever worked on. It's not immediate to me, everybody that was on that team. And yet it was everything at one point. So, you know, that's life, isn't it? That was 18 years ago for me. So I suppose plenty of time's gone to forget people. And you do. And... That's just showbiz. That is life in order that the show works. I don't want to dwell on this too much, but I don't feel I'm necessarily getting out properly how I feel in, in the rounded way that I wished that I would wish to have explained it. I suppose the key component here, the finishing key component, is that in order that a show really functions, you need the... In order... Showbiz people are really good at faking early friendship because you need to work with these people in such intense ways. You know, you have unearned proximity. You need to dance with someone, holding, putting your hands around their waist and around their back and lifting them up in the air and all that. You need to sing right into the faces of complete strangers. You need to have an unearned proximity where you're walking around and holding each other in physical contact and all of these things um, as soon as you meet them. Because it's like, hi, nice to meet you. We're doing a dance rehearsal this morning. Okay, cool. What's your name again? Uh, yeah, no problem. I just put my arm around here. And before you know it, you're dancing with someone that you met two minutes ago. And it's quite unusual socially that. So showbiz people, performers, were all quite good at faking early friendship and that fake friendship very quickly turns into real friendship. But in order that you can do the job, you need to pretend to be best friends with people straight away. And that's a skill that you kind of learn. And it serves you well in all of your showbiz life because you turn up to venues and straight away, all you know about someone is their name. Hiya, Dave. Nice to meet you. You, you know, you've been in this job. Oh, wait, if you were. Oh, I know that person. I've been on that ship. Oh, I worked in that venue. And it's very easy because you've usually got a lot in common and you usually know quite a lot of the same people because it's a small world, as they say. And those fake friendships that are that start off fake with an intensity they tend to turn into an intense real friendship and that is what's really needed for a harmonious good show and so at the end when that gets pulled away from you it can be hard but it does get easier so there it is i feel for these people bless them because i'm used to it now i'm jaded i don't give a shit <laughs> just say bye bye everyone um i've just had a message from Hermes and it says we've got your parcel it's like a hostage a hostage letter we've got your parcel on its way it's being sorted we're expecting it how do I can I track the whole thing where's it coming from my friend Taylor sent me something but that can't, it can't be that surely not so quick um I don't know Hermes blimey Sorry for getting distracted again. Warm regards from the accountant. You are not my accountant. Please leave me alone. Anyway, so that's Golden Stan. Uh, Golden Sands. 
I've been booking a few murder mysteries for December, which is good because I do like doing those. I'm going to drink a bit more tea, which is now cold. Mm. Um, yeah, a few murder mysteries are coming in for December, so that's good. What's next? Stephen Gerrard. Stephen Gerrard, um, possibly the greatest midfielder of his generation, is now the former Liverpool player, former uh, Glasgow Rangers manager, is now the Aston Villa manager. And his first game in charge is Saturday against Brighton. I've got a ticket, of course, and I'm going down to Villa Park to watch the game. I'm very excited. And I guess we'll all sing. There's kind of a song that follows Stephen Gerrard around, and it's Stephen Gerrard, but we say Gerrard because of the song. Um, it's to the tune of Que Sera, and... I don't know what the original Liverpool one was, but they used to sing... Uh, Steve Gerrard, Gerrard, he's big and he's fucking hard. Da, 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 da. Steve Gerrard, Gerrard, that's what they sang. But then a different version came out because he slipped over, made a little mistake, accidentally gave the ball away to Demba Barr, who then scored a goal. Massive, horrible thing to happen to Liverpool because they were on a, they were going to win a big thing. And um, then people, opposition fans used to sing, Steve Gerrard, Gerrard, slipped on his fucking arse, gave it to Demba Bar, Steve Gerrard, Gerrard. But I think now at Villa Park, we're going to sing, Steve Gerrard, Gerrard, he's big and he's fucking hard, left Rangers for Villa Park, Steve Gerrard, Gerrard. Then after a few weeks, I suppose that'll just turn to... And now he's at Villa Park, Steve Gerard Gerard. Because uh, we're going to love him, I think. A lot of fans weren't convinced, but he's done a good press conference. He's the attacking kind of manager that we need. And I think having Steven Gerrard at Villa Park is going to be great for Aston Villa. I really, really believe in him. So let's hope that he gets um, some good results. So that was Thursday. Then Friday, Sarah was off. So we decided to go to Ikea to get Joshua's wardrobe. What a nightmare. Obviously, you know now that we got a wardrobe, but we didn't get it at Ikea. Because we had the measurements of where the wardrobe was going to go. But the problem is that Ikea doesn't have any of the stuff that they need. They don't have... Because the stuff comes from Sweden and because of COVID and Brexit and all that sort of stuff, they're really low on stock. So they didn't have the doors for the wardrobe. They didn't have the right colour wardrobe. They didn't have um, the inside fittings for the wardrobe. Just everything that you would actually want to make the wardrobe work, they didn't have any of it. So in the end, we've ended up ordering it online and it's being delivered on the 29th of November. So we've still got 12 days to go before the wardrobe comes, but I ordered it online that night. I let Joshua join in as well with how he would want it to look and all that sort of stuff. And I just used the online thing to make the wardrobe. Ikea's online wardrobe designer is actually very clever because you can choose the fitting that you want to put inside and then you move up and down to where you'd want to put it in the wardrobe and it only stops in positions where it's capable of having that fitting so say you put a clothing hanger in as soon as you click a clothing hanger it shows you that hanger with suits dresses t-shirts everything hanging in it and then say you get a shelf as you lift the shelf higher and higher up towards the clothing hanger clothes that no longer would fit on the hanger 
disappear from the hanger. So when you move it too high, dresses vanish. So now it just shows you hung suits and jackets. And then when you move it a little higher, it just shows you t-shirts. So it shows you where what you could physically fit in the wardrobe and what kind of clothes will fit in the space based on where you fit the new fittings. It's really good. If you are going to buy a wardrobe from Ikea, that little wardrobe design thing, surprisingly fun. I've just picked up some hiccups, which is really hurting because I've got a... Um, actually, this is one of the next topics I was going to bring up. I've got a... Um, oh, yeah, so just to finish off. So Friday was a disaster. Sarah and I gave up half of our Friday to go to Ikea and ended up coming home with no results. But we did go to Five Guys. Sarah got a meatless vegetarian patty and I got a ordinary burger and it was delicious. Five Guys is the best. Their burgers are just tremendous. Um, anyway, the hiccups are hurting because I've got a trapped nerve. I fell asleep on the couch really awkwardly and I woke up with a trapped nerve in my rib. And it's just underneath my rib on the right-hand side. And the same nerve is affecting on top of my shoulder as well. It's gradually getting better. Until last night, I had three nights where I couldn't sleep on my right-hand side. It was horrible. It hurt when I hiccup, coughed, breathed in too deeply, laughed, everything. But today, it's greatly been alleviated. It's the best it's felt all week. It still hurts, but... It's not as bad as it's been. I think tonight when I go to bed, I should wake up tomorrow with it essentially feeling normal again. But it's not been very fun. Getting on with still walking, but having that pain and everything. You look for any excuse, don't you? When you're lacking motivation, you look for any excuse to get out of the stuff that you were going to do. And I guess that means I haven't really lacked motivation because I've still done it. I got on with the stuff, even though I couldn't be asked, and I felt... Uh, tired and felt like I was in pain and all that sort of stuff. So um, here we go. It's um, it's happening. Ooh, um, I've been asked if I want to play Call of Duty. And the answer is yes, I do want to in about 15 minutes. So there you go. Um, anyway, so that's my, that's my trap nerve. And it's not been fun. It's been really hurting me. Um... But I find myself stretching and putting my right arm up in the air a lot. And that really helps. That's kind of stretching out that little area. Um, one thing that did happen as well on Saturday, I was supposed to be going to an event that a friend of mine invited me to. My dear friend, Joanna, who I've mentioned to you many times in the past. The one who hates me talking about it because she's always afraid I'm going to say something ridiculous. <laughs> um, she invited me some to something and I had to cancel. And that was on two strokes, really. Partially, it was because my trapped nerve was was painful and I didn't want to do more than I had to in life. But the main reason was just a weird lack of confidence that came from the fact that I was feeling very overweight because I got weighed and the weight was terrible and it was about as bad as it's been. And I just realised I had nothing to wear at this weight other than casual clothes and I had a gig that night, which had got moved forward a little bit, which meant I wasn't going to have as much time as I thought I would. And then loads of other stuff. And I just felt like I can't go to a social event feeling this shitty. And so I messaged her saying, will you still love me if I cancel on you? And she said yes. And um, she said she was sad that I felt sad, but she understood, which is lovely because that's why she's so nice and why she's one of my best pals. Um 
but that really triggered me to get on with it. So it was kind of cancelling that event that made me think, oh, I need to just stop being such a tosser and actually get on with losing weight and stopping a knob. So that's what prompted me to then buy the Apple Watch. And I bought it that night on Amazon and it came the next day. So I've had it since Sunday and I've been crushing it since then on the exercise. So um, sorry, Joanna, that I didn't make it to your thing if you listen to this. But it was the catalyst for getting better, I hope. Um, isn't it weird? Even I, apparently, with all my confidence and bluster, I mean, you all know the truth of that now if you listen to this all the time, but even with all the confidence and bluster of a, you know, happy, confident, outgoing person, feeling shitty about yourself can cause you to cancel going to events and letting people down. And I felt terrible about it, even though she never made me feel guilty in any way at all. It's funny as well, because she said she was going to call me the next day and then didn't. And then she sent me a text to say, here's why I haven't called. I've got no voice. And she sent me a really short voice note that was like, this is what my voice sounds like. It's really sore. And she'd lost her voice. And I sent a message back saying, can you record in that voice for me again? but just tell me to touch myself and call me a naughty little German. <laughs> and she replied back saying, get fucked, you disgusting, which I thought was very funny. I told Sarah and she thought it was funny as well. So there you go. That's funny, that. Um, where else are we now? Let's have a look at the uh, list. Oh, so I took a big walk on Monday. I went to the... Um, I went to the creator's market thing, the uh, maker's market in Preston. There was a clothing brand I really liked. They're on Instagram, that life CL, that life CL, at that life CL, as in like clothing line, that life clothing line, that life CL. Um, and I bought a hoodie for Sarah. She didn't like it, but it was oversized on Joshua. So he's wearing it. it looks great on him, actually. And he loves it. So I think this kind of brand will be what he'd wear. And I like it, too. So I'm going to buy some stuff from them. And uh, he was a nice dude. I connected with him on Instagram. He sent me a message saying he'd love to come to a show because we got chatting about what I did for a job and stuff as well. When I said I like to support, you know, creative people and I thought his clothes were cool and yada 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 but um i did go to the um go to the market and saw that check it out that life cl on instagram little recommend um woman reversing off the drive oh yeah so this was um this was yesterday when joshua and i were walking to school and we've been walking to school i've been picking him up apart from monday i walked but um we walked to school yesterday morning and as we were walking down a little street there was a car reversing off the drive in front of us and I could see a schoolgirl in the passenger side, like a primary school kid. And sitting next to her was who I would imagine was her mother. And she was in pyjamas. By the way, no judgment. I have driven Joshua to school in my pyjamas. Probably 90% of the time I've driven him to school in the last year, I've had pyjamas on. Because I get out of bed at the last possible minute. Until now when I've been walking him. But I get out of bed at the last possible minute and just throw pyjamas on, jump in the car, drive him to school, come home, then I get on with stuff. But um, So no judgment of this woman. She was in a dressing gown. She had her hair tied up. Clearly was wearing pyjamas. But the thing that made me laugh, <laughs> that she was drinking what I would guess was tea or coffee, but out of a real mug. She had an actual ceramic, you know, porcelain style, proper cup of tea mug in her hand whilst reversing the car off the drive. And she took a sip out of it and then carried on driving. I mean, I don't know how you drive with a real mug. 
The only thing I can assume is that she had an automatic or she gave the kid um, the mug to hold while she changed gear. It must have been an automatic car. I don't know. As they say in America, they call geared cars stick shift. I mean, we just, that's the common thing here, isn't it? A, a car with gears. So we just call that a car. It's notable here if a car is automatic, if it doesn't have gears. I mean, of course, they all have gears, but whether or not you have to change the gear or not. But in America, I always hear a geared car referred to as stick shift. Can you drive stick? Here, everybody can. You always learn that way, unless you're a knob and you learn in an automatic because you're awful at driving. But there you go. I thought that was strange anyway, to see a woman driving with a um, real mug of tea. Then I had an awful night's sleep because of the rib. I couldn't sleep on my right side, but I naturally sleep on my right side. So I kept waking up in agony because my body had turned me over to my right side and then the pain had woken me up. And then I had to go back to my left side, which killed. And then I would fall asleep. And at some point, my subconscious brain goes, let's turn over. We always sleep on our right side. And then I go, ah, and wake up in agony again. That happened about 20 times in the night. Sarah said it was awful. I had a shitty night's sleep. And because of me, she did too. Of course, I would have gone and slept on the couch. But that's how I got in this mess. So stuck it out. I ordered some Chinese takeaway. Um in a munchie box, a Chinese munchie box, came in like a seven inch pizza box. And it had, it was a salt and pepper munchie box. So there was like a bed of salt and pepper chips. And then on top of that, some salt and pepper chicken balls, some salt and pepper ribs, some salt and pepper spring rolls, which I gave Sarah, because she likes spring rolls and I don't. Just a mix of salt and pepper flavored things. It was incredible. If you like salt and pepper stuff, that was lovely. I'd quite like to have a munchie box with salt and pepper chips, but then with maybe sweet and sour things in instead, it was a lot of salt and pepper, maybe a bit of a mix. This place that was open only did that one, but I'd be keen to see a lot more Chinese restaurants, takeaways, doing a mixed munchie box in a pizza box. That would be well up my street because it was really good. That's a good thing. Um, I had some blisters from walking, which I popped with a pin. And that's gross, isn't it? When you pop a blister and then like all the fluid, just clear water sort of comes out. Why do our bodies make blisters? Because everything has a reason. Is it to protect your foot with like a little pouch of water or something? Is it a bad thing or a good thing? Of course you get a scab, but a scab is made to block a hole and then it slowly heals it. So what's a blister for? Because a blister, the blister itself is the problem. That's the pain. And when you pop it, it's all right again. I need to learn more about blisters. Do we call it a blister everywhere around the world? Or is that a uniquely English name? Does a blister have a different name in America? I don't think so. Hmm. Who knows? Anyway, I'm going to finish with a funny story because we bought a new vacuum cleaner. Uh, hang on a sec. Um, 40 minutes, lost power to the apartment. Can't work out why. I'm in the freezer of the front room. Awesome. Can drop now for a bit. I'm just listening to my friends. Um... <laughs> 
Okay, sorry, my friends are just saying hurry up and get your shit together so we can play this game. But they don't know that I'm doing more important things, which is recording this podcast. Anyway, the reason I've opened my phone again is because I need a picture. The picture is from me trying to sell our Hoover, our vacuum cleaner. So Sarah and I, as you know, I bought a cordless vacuum cleaner, which I'm in love with. It's the best vacuum cleaner ever. But we sold our Henry Hoover. Now, Henry Hoover is quite a heavy duty uh, ver- version of the vacuum cleaner. And so I wanted to sell ours and a woman got in touch. Now, I've posted this chat on Instagram. So if you go and look on my Instagram, you'll see it. Mark James Magician Official. Um, she put, is this available? And I said, yes. And she said, where would collection be from? And I gave my address. Well, I gave the street and the area. I didn't put the number house. And she put... Could I come and see it working on Saturday, please? So, already now, this is a bit unusual. And immediately I'm thinking, I'm going to screenshot this conversation and post it online. I already know which way this is going. So I put, you you want me to demonstrate it for you, question mark. And she said, I need to have a go myself. So I said, you want to come round my house and Hoover? And she said, yes. (laughs) So I said, would you like me to pre-dirty the floor so you can test it properly? Now, I was taking the piss, obviously, not being serious. She didn't realise I was being sarcastic. She said, I will know if it has good suction when I hold and feel it. So I said... You want to hold and feel it to test out appropriate suction, question mark. And she said, yes, is that not okay? (laughs) And I said, I'm not sure. I mean, it sucks like nothing I've ever felt before. Gets the job done. And she put, does it? It will only take a minute. And anyway, in that time, someone normal got in touch and said, I'll come around and pick this up tomorrow if, I can, if it works. And I said, yeah, it works perfectly. And they went, all right, see you at seven. And then I said, yeah, here's the address. And then they came and bought it. So I then put in this chat, sorry, now sold. And they put, okay, thanks. I mean, how could they not understand the innuendo if I need to hold it and feel it? And does it suck properly? Jesus Christ. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm childish. Maybe I'm the one with the problem. But... To me, it seemed obvious that there was a lot of innuendo going on there. But in the end, the vacuum cleaner got sold and not to that woman. There you go. That, friends, is this week's podcast. Ugh. Next week, I'm going to try and have more facts and figures. Another week until I speak to you again. Mad today's the 17th. I mean, that's wild, isn't it? It'll be the 24th next time I speak to you. And then after that, December. December 1st, God, only a few weeks till Christmas. Right, bye friends, speak to you next week.